Hi. Hi. Welcome to another Film Critters. The Princesses. Princesses. Uh, Chicago International Film uh, Version Dispatch yeah. Report. Here, here in Chicago. Here, here live at the, we're at the Chicago International Airport. Uh, <laughs> hanging out with, what do they got at the Chicago International Airport? Um... We're hanging out with Kanye West. Oh, sorry, the O'Hare International Airport, where we're chilling with uh, the staff of MFF. We're going to be <laughs> heading that up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. No, MFF is definitely on this year. Uh, we'll see you guys there. We are we are here reporting from the Chicago International Film Festival, uh, where we've been watching a slew of uh, really good films. Today is no different, IMO. Yeah. Uh, because today, no, today, today we, we saw a really good movie. Yeah, a film called There Is No Evil. Um, it's another film from Iran, uh, so that's sick. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's really cool that the two best films I've seen were from Iran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we love we love Iranian cinema uh, here here at Film Critters. Uh, we've been talking nonstop about it for a few months at this point, um, and we're and we're happy to because it's freaking good uh yeah i'm I'm getting iran pilled (laughs) this film is so it's kind of sort of an anthology film uh there's actually a big article in variety that jay just linked me to um which jay might be able to give a little bit more info on uh where basically the director was banned from directing for a little while yes so a thing i was doing about in this article is that it talks about how a lot of iranian cinema uh has to be like a little little cheeky with its uh, politics sometimes because obviously they're they're subject to censorship the iranian government is very not happy about movies that are super critical of it and so the director's previous film uh a man of integrity uh was a little too <laughs> a little too <laughs> obvious i guess in what it was about and so he was banned from making films uh people who are a bit more uh, aware about uh, international film and whatnot, uh, you probably you might have heard about the case of Jafar uh, Panahi, who also was banned from making films for a couple years, and his response was that he made a movie called "This Is Not a Film," yes, which is <laughs> which is a uh, basically a like documentary that he made by a friend being the director of it, and then had smuggled into the Cannes Film Festival in a USB drive in a cake. um beautiful so uh but apparently there is there's also this director uh was also banned and his response was instead of just like trying to cheekily get around it that way he was just like oh okay and then made another movie anyway (laughs) yeah Uh, so muhammad rasulov uh yeah and kind of kind of took a well fuck it uh and this movie is very explicitly political (laughs) (laughs) yes um so what we have here is four stories regarding uh basically so when you're conscripted into uh iranian uh, military service i guess there's this kind of obligatory sort of execution that you have to go through where you uh hang you help like hang somebody for crimes uh and so yeah, part- three of the films are essentially about that specifically. The first film is kind of uh, 
yeah, obviously there's spoilers. We're going to spoil the shit out of all this. Uh, but so the first film kind of ruminates on like this guy who has this like pretty comfortable family life, pretty comfortable life. And then he goes into work and he's uh, essentially an executioner. He presses a button on a wall and like five people get hanged. Um, and it's, like, it's it that is that is essentially treated as like a as a twist uh, yes, to be clear yeah. here. It's um, kind of like a it, joke punchline kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's all it is a thing where it's like I kind of expected that that was where it was going from having read the synopsis of the film, but it's still the way it's constructed. It's still a very shocking scene because it comes it comes very very suddenly, uh, and he specifically it's a job he does in the early mornings, and the implication is sort of that like this is how he is able to provide so comfortably for his family. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it likes the 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 short film starts at like the end of his workday, so you don't really see what he does, and then he goes through like all this stuff, and he takes some sleeping pills at the end of the night, um, and then he wakes up at fucking three a.m. and that's how he starts his days. Like every day, he goes and kills people, like several people. Yeah, uh, uh, very. And uh, the image that you specifically throughout the film is uh, the image that we're because we're this is like the only execution we're shown. Uh, and it's, and it's just from the knees down essentially, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, he basically pushes a button and it yanks these stools out from underneath the prisoners. Uh, and so as we see is their legs suddenly like drop down dangling some, there's some of them like literally like urinate yeah. in death and it just holds on this like really horrifying shot of just like twitching bodies basically. Um, but throughout the, the rest of the shorts, it, it continuously returns to specifically the image of stools being pulled out and that they almost all refer to it as pulling the stools out. Yeah, yeah. So And so it kind of importantly, like, so it exists in this like very close context with the other three films, uh, with the other three short films that make up this kind of anthology. But um, essentially, it it doesn't really... <sighs> It's tough because it, it doesn't really try to, like, demonize him. It's just because, like, the whole movie is just talking about the systems in place that, you know, enable people to essentially commit, like, government-sanctioned murder. Uh, but, you know, he, like, you know, the movie basically states, like, he has a family to provide for. He has people that he has to, uh, you know, he has mouths to feed. He has his mother to take care of. Uh, so... It's interesting. It, it's it's really. I, it's not the most interesting, like short out of all of these uh, to me. There's not too much to talk about with it, but it's com- it's like crucially important as like a part of the film, just because of the way that um, really the way that the movie is structured. Because the fourth film, which we'll you know talk we'll about a little to, bit yeah. later, but that's kind of it. It shows kind of the other side of the coin, where it's like, what if he said no? You know, what would his life be like? It's a. Um, uh... I think it's also worth noting that it's like the way it's structured is because it starts off almost like it's going to be just like a like a family, not a family film, but a film about like a guy's family and stuff. And so when it ends with that, um, it sort of resets what you're expecting. So the second uh, short opens with them discussing execution. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third and then information you get in that about the way these things work leads into the third film. Where, uh, oh, wait, wait, do we, uh, we, yeah, let's just, let's just take these like piece by piece and then we can go back <laughs> over the whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. the the second film is a soldier doesn't want to commit these executions, but, uh, it's not just that it's like compulsory. It sounds like it's essentially like, oh, if you want a three day weekend, like if you want 
time off from your two, I think they say it's two years military service. You mm-hmm. have to do this. And if you want uh, a passport, if you want to, if you want a job, if you want to be able to do anything in Iran, you have to do these two years thing. And that is going to involve executions. And essentially yeah. it sounds like you can kind of volunteer to do the executions in return for like time off to go see family. Um, and that's the central, uh, that is essentially the central conflict of the main character in the second one is that he's desperately trying to find a way to get that without having to buy into the bargain of killing other people yeah yeah absolutely there's like a lot of um a lot of bickering between him and his like bunk mates there's like a guy who uh had already committed the execution uh or like he was up to commit the execution and then he like you know chickened out or something so they punished him with like four more years of service or something like that basically yeah they all just it's this group of guys kind of bickering at each other about like the consequences for not doing it and trying to bargain with each other um and then it culminates in this really cool sort of like heist chase scene where the main character uh basically oh what do they call in the military like uh departs i i don't i don't remember what the oh uh desserts desserts yeah he he basically basically becomes a runaway yeah yeah he 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 basically flees his his military service (laughs) yeah um which yeah and then and then the one following that um it kind of kind of circulates around this family that's uh spending time in in this sort of country house um and they're grieving someone who was uh executed by the government for his teachings uh and one of the one of the characters like boyfriend comes back from military service and it is revealed over the course that he is the one who executed the the teacher uh and it's also and like is... the main character girl's like birthday and it's uh it's it's very and he's planning on proposing to her yeah uh it's and that, that that's where the payoff of the second skit or second story comes into because essentially all the details we learn like, oh, he got this three day weekend to come see his girlfriend to propose to her because he executed this person. And there's this great line she has like after she finds out where they're in the woods and she's just like, I did the math on like how many times you've had three day weekends to come see me. Like basically yeah. saying that like she's realized now that like every time they've seen each other, it's been because he's had to kill people. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which is such a, oh, such a, what a bummer of a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the then, scene where they're all singing "Happy Birthday" to her is really, really difficult. It's so because one like, of the most oh, man. only only them both know about his his relationship to to the execution, and then the family is just like very happy when he proposes to her, and she kind of like cycles back and forth between the emotions of like, oh my god, yes, and like, do I want to marry this guy? Like, can <laughs> I marry this guy knowing like? what he's been having to do to to come see me to come be here to propose to me yeah yeah basically just all of a sudden you are marrying a murderer uh which you know (laughs) good luck um yeah there's also this really just horrific like whole sequence where he finds out like who they're grieving he finds out his relation his relation to the person that they're grieving and he like runs off and like tries to drown himself in a lake and it's ugh 
it's him specifically uh like they unveiled the guy's portrait and it's like a giant portrait of him at like his little like uh memorial service and he sees him and he just fucking runs out of the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that is, that's when you you i think it i i want to say that it's also the guy that we see in the previous a uh, previous anthology who's handcuffed to the door mm. like the prisoner that the previous guy was supposed to execute huh i didn't but i i, didn't, I would i, I would have that. to go back and i would have to go back and like compare the two of them but it, it 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 looked to me like it was the same person because he asks the guy like what did you do because like that's what the other people like say like oh that's that's how i try to get around it i ask him what he did and then he sure. flees and in the second one it sets up this whole thing with like when he's trying to bribe one of the other guys to do the execution for him the other guys are giving him shit and they're like how does this make you any better than us? Like you, <laughs> like, like you are paying someone to kill someone for you. It's not like you're stopping someone. From, they're basically making this point that like you not doing this doesn't stop people from dying. It just yeah. gives you an excuse to pretend that you are somehow above us when you're just putting that responsibility on someone else. Yeah. Um, so the implication I kind of got from that was that like the, the guy that we're seeing was the person who ended up having to execute that person. And so it becomes this like, you know, the, the there is no fully opting out of these structures and that even if you do like a very noble thing like the guy in the second movie and the second uh, short does, you just off put that to someone else. And then that ends up having, you know, completely untold reverberations that you couldn't expect. And like you end up ruining like even more lives because of it, which mm-hmm. has further payoff. In the fourth film, <laughs> uh, that's that's why it's like that's why I'm assuming it's that because it's something where it's like each each film sets something up that is paid off or like elaborated on as a theme in the second or in the next one, and so the next one is um, a man and his and it's it's the longest one. That one's like an hour of the full two and a half hour runtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it felt pretty long. And, and I believe that that one is because it's uh, they're specifically well outside of town. And I'm assuming that it's one of the longer ones because it's the one that the director could get away with filming <laughs> the, the most. Of. <laughs> sure. The yeah. shortest one is the one where they're driving around town a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. The, so the fourth film. Yeah, there's a uh, there there's this kind of like patriarchal figure in in sort of sort of in the sticks he's like living with his wife uh and uh like basically on a farm and their niece is visiting and it turns out that this figure this like guy is dying of something he's coughing up blood uh and they reveal that the visiting niece is actually his daughter who he had to essentially ship away and have somebody else raise because he actually deserted when it was up when it was up to him to uh you know perform his execution during his military service so basically the point of it the point of it being or the point of it at least seeming like uh you know he gave up a normal life he gave up a life with access to things like healthcare and like end of life care uh and you know he becomes this kind of village doctor uh and yeah it's 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 a really it's a really interesting sort of um it's a really interesting denouement uh, to the to the other uh to the other films just because uh it it provides this really interesting bookend its uh structure 
to where kind of on one side you see how you can how you can benefit from serving the state and performing state sanctioned executions and also how you you know how how you're what what the concept of like integrity is worth especially since uh the daughter doesn't really take it very well and she essentially says something like i wish you had executed whoever you were supposed to execute so that we could have a normal life and you could have been you know you could have been my father and blah 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 blah, blah. well uh, and, uh, another thing about that too specifically is she thus blames him uh for her mother's death because mm. she was raised by her mother's brother because uh, when they attempted to basically smuggle her mother into, I think it's Germany is where they're studying. Yeah, yeah. She was speaking uh, German for a little bit. Yeah, I believe she lives in, she, like, he basically had her sent to Germany so she would be have to be around this stuff. Uh, the mother is, it, it, I believe it's like the mother and the person who was supposed to bring her into Germany both end up getting killed. Hmm. So, because she has that line where it's like, you saved one person's life, uh, but you only ended up, you thought you were saving one person's life, but you ended up only killing two. Or, yeah. uh, and so, you know, and that ties into like, she has a, she doesn't want to shoot a fox. And there's this, this whole image of the fox and the image. And it's, it's, I like it because it's definitely, it's like you said, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because the film doesn't make any real judgments about any of these characters. You just kind of see these slices of like these specific moments where they have to choose to go along with or not go along with the executions. Mm-hmm. And basically there's consequences for all of them, no matter which choice they make. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, that's basically kind of how the director seemingly describes the film is just kind of ruminating on like the concept of consequences, which, you know, it's hard not to read it as kind of a reaction to his career and him, him being kind of barred from, from more sort of uh conventional filmmaking and you know how people are uh kind of a kind of uh kind of thinks about tosses around how people follow orders and why they follow orders and uh, how there's just so much context to every single choice that a human being can make it's really i don't know it's it's really it's really well thought out and it's really uh it's really deft i i felt like it's also got some like incredible cinematography. I I don't know if there if there just were hidden cuts or what, but like I feel like in the sequence in the second one when he's sort of deserting his position, it felt like a really long cut. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it hold, I, I... like there's like if not one long cut, uh, uh, just like a couple of like really really long cuts. And I noticed that like throughout this film there were just scenes that where it's like Oh, normally this would be like two or three cuts, but it just like holds and follows the character as they like walk around or move from room to room. Yeah, it was really it was really fantastically edited and it had a lot of um it 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 flowed it flowed really really nicely. It was uh, and for being something that's 2 hours and 30 fucking minutes. <laughs> uh it actually uh you know, kind of kind of leaning on the anthology sort of structure as well, but it 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 flowed really uh, fantastically and each part kind of made its point really, really well. Uh, I also learned, I guess this, this isn't related to anything, but I learned that some places in Iran have uh, countdowns, countdown timers for their stop signs. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) And 
I I'm sorry. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stuck on that. Um, I I I'm I'm gonna cross my arms like a little brat here and and demand that we get that. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's that that seems like it would cause, solve a lot of problems <laughs> here in America. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's 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 a complete that's a complete aside. I I will say that like watching this and Careless Crime and Close Up really made me like especially with this film because of the scenes of the family i was mm-hmm. just like man uh, americans need to start watching like iranian films later. like they've started to start watching korean films as well because it's like i feel like this would demystify iran and america so much because of just how much it's oh, like yeah. this just looks like like this looks like america like they're they're buying pepsi at the grocery <laughs> store <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that people kind of fail to understand is that every country is ostensibly like it's every country is either America or not America in a a really weird way. And all of the countries that we call developed are essentially countries where the project of colonial capitalism has been successful in some way or another. Um, Iran is just a very rich a, a place with a really rich history and a lot of like uprisings and things like that. So there's just is like a kind of interestingly tinged capitalism uh but yeah people i mean it's it's it doesn't it it doesn't really none of this none of this matters it's kind of just a you know whatever whatever thing people can use as kind of like a boogeyman to justify uh killing people because a place won't do deals with with you in the correct way won't do deals with donnie deals himself <laughs> <laughs> with doug demodome owner of the dimsdale demodome also actually returning I, I i actually loved the the first short a lot and i think it's just because it's like a very very cute family dynamic that i, I for for lack of a way to put it i feel like i only ever seen television shows where mm, it's like yeah. just like the, the the their daughter being like such a princess <laughs> like that like she they they go and pick her up and she's like i'm mad at you and he's like oh oh no why are you mad at me and she's like you said why are you late and he's like well i had to pick your mom up and she's like you said you would always pick me up first and he's like yeah but i can't always do that and she's like well you you still lied to me and you should be punished and he's like oh no okay i should be punished and she goes like by buying me pizza <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, okay, we'll get pizza. And then the mom is like, "What? Don't get her pizza. We said no fast food." And he's like, it, "Pizza, pizza's okay as a sometimes food." Not to uh, be like, not to be like film school brain, but I, I, I do, I, I love that as something that happens in this movie. It's like, oh, you did something wrong. You must be punished. Yeah, no, by it's, buying it's... me pizza. <laughs> Especially when we see that, like, oh, much, much, much lesser crimes uh, are punished by death as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it. Definitely is like it. It really speaks to the fact that, like, because I think if they had opened with this guy executes people and then show these things, it would be a bit too like on the nose. It's mm-hmm. but it's it's showing like how he obviously has to compartmentalize his life, where like he has this like very. Very soft, like easygoing father, like hood. And he just like provides for his family and he takes care for them. And his mother is sick, so he's worried about her. But he's like trying to get her good care and stuff. And then just like, but his job is that like he gets up at three a.m. every day and goes to the people killing factory to kill people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, 
oh, it's really, it's really sharp witted. It's really, it's, it's a really, uh, you know, it's, it's a really smartly executed little thing. Uh, yeah. He, he just, yeah. Th- that actor does just such a good job of just like presenting just that, that dad, that easygoing dad persona. It was, it was a very, <laughs> very charming sequence, which is what makes the ending so much of that sequence so much more horrifying. Yeah, for real. Because yeah, he's very, he's definitely very sweet. There's this shot that's fucking heartbreaking where he is waiting at this stoplight. Um, and they're basically a lot of the first, uh, a lot of the first short is kind of comprised of uh, him in traffic, him, you know, driving around. Uh, and they kind of contrast it to this shot of him at 3 a.m. driving into work and the stoplight turns green and he just sits there and he doesn't go and he doesn't go. And then it turns red again and he doesn't go. like, he's just like staring at the light like practically begging it not to turn green uh it's really 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 smart and really just really heartbreaking like you you, yeah Uh, what a good good ass movie uh the director so two things about this film uh the director as well this one um he said it's also partially based on his own experiences which one can thus assume mean that he probably has also had to execute people as part of uh service yeah. Uh and I'm assuming this is sort of dwelling on guilt and stuff from that. Uh and two, um this is a little thing that I uh that I, oddly enough a random like negative review uh I came across mentioned and I was like, no way, and I looked it up. Uh the daughter in the last segment of this is the director's daughter. Oh, okay. Which I thought was a uh cute little touch. <laughs> No, she's 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 great in this film. She plays I I think what I like is that she plays like a very um very obviously like a daughter who has lived away from home to the extent that she doesn't even really recognize it at home. She recognizes it as like visiting distant uncles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ugh, yeah. No, the fourth film the fourth film is super super rocky, super rough. Uh, there's another there's another side character in the fourth film that we maybe should talk about. Um, so we're at the point in films now where you, we uh, there are some things that films will do where you have to really like look at the pixels. Uh, <laughs> we think that there's a CGI fox in this. We're gonna start a uh, we're gonna start a conspiracy, a conspiracy theory that there's a CGI fox in this movie. It's only in, it's only in one show. So there's a real fox because there's the fox yes. that the daughter uh, doesn't want to shoot. But there's like a single shot where it's like after he's told her and like kind of before he confronts her and they have like their final conflict about it. Uh, and the fox appears again later where it's an outside shot of the house and we see the fox walk into their back patio and like drink from something i think and i think they're i think they're actually feeding the fox they're like feeding it meat or something okay and i'm convinced that that is a cgi fox because its shadow like clips over something at one point (laughs) and it it has that kind of like walk animation where it's like when you put something over an image that like but it's like you you move it across faster than it's actually walking. Like it just doesn't move at the correct speed that I think it should ma- ma- move. And I feel like it has to be either a CGI fox or like a green screened in fox. <laughs> I think it was probably compo- like composited. I I kind of see what Jay. See the thing is Jay was uh 
Well, we, we, in the theater, uh, my prescription, no, Jay was streaming it to me over Discord, uh, so I couldn't really tell, but it, I could see that, like, the shadow looked unnatural and it might have been clipping over, like, other shadows, uh, I don't know, I don't know, jury's out on this one, guys, uh, get a 4K copy and, uh, there go, go right into those frames. <laughs> We're gonna solve this mystery. I'm gonna I'm gonna stream it on Blu-ray. Find a Blu-ray rip of this movie <laughs> when it comes out. Yeah, um, I think it's I think I saw a thing saying it was getting U.S. distribution. Let me look into that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he wasn't allowed to attend the Berlin film thing where he won. That sucks <laughs> because wow. because he was banned. He's also Jesus. banned from traveling as part of it. Oh my god. Oh god, I need to do a year in prison for for making specifically propaganda against the system. Ugh. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to see a movie that's kind of about how systems affect us, uh, this is probably one of the best examples, one of the better examples that I've seen. Uh, just because everybody, all the people involved, like none of them are super stoked. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's this, there's just a lot of a lot of dialogue in the movie about how the government is like it, it, the government can just ruin your fucking life if you don't, you know do what they tell you to do uh up up to and including executions uh so uh stuff that just really sucks to think about but it is our well it is at least the like the you know the conditions of iran so it looks like uh it was kino lorber uh the people whose names yes. production saying so they have it uh from glancing over their their little write up about it, uh, it looks like they're probably currently just moving it along the film circuits, which is reasonable. Uh, there is no evil, um, but they tend to be pretty good about eventually putting stuff out there. Uh, it might make it to like virtual cinemas for local places, so you know, keep an eye out on uh, your local local cinemas or places that have virtual cinemas and see if it comes to one of those soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, highly, highly recommend it. It is, uh, it, it's, it's long, but it goes by really, really breezily, uh, especially because of the, you know, the structure, like I said before. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really, really smart film. Uh, and it, 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 it very, uh, very deftly deals with some, some of the most serious shit that you can talk about as a, as a as a person. It's 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 very good. We highly recommend it. Uh, don't let the two and a half hour uh, runtime scare you because it being anthology makes it pretty digestible in that way. And I mean, if you really can't do it, then just watch like the first two, and then watch the third one, and then watch the fourth one in like three sittings. Yeah, yeah. That's, Tra- I, pretend I would, it's that's... pretend you're binging a uh, Netflix TV show. <laughs> yeah, you pussy. You how many episodes of fucking Tiger King did you watch this year? Huh? In one in sitting. Row. In one yeah. You in def- one sitting. You have watched five hours of Hannibal. You could watch two and a half hours of There Is No Evil. <laughs> <laughs> you little bitch. Okay, so it says yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the write up. It says the film will be rolled out in theaters in fall 2020. That was this is pre COVID when they announced that they got it. <laughs> Oops. Um, followed by uh, video on demand and home video release. So I would imagine maybe sometime later. I guess it depends on how they renegotiated their uh, how they re- renegotiated their contract, given everything that has happened. Man, film distribution mm. has gotten just so weird with like everything that's happened. 
Yeah, they've really, I mean, to be fair, I, I, I feel like a lot of the pivots have been really uh, good, generally. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm so far impressed with the Chicago International Film Festival stuff, even though, even though we're ostensibly accessing it <laughs> in lieu of, uh, you know, basically we need VPNs, but still. It's weird how things are shaking up the, the distribution game, especially if theater is fucking closing en masse. Probably yeah. permanently. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of our, our, our local, uh, our, a lot of our local theaters are still going strong with this sort of online distribution model, um, which is cool, which I, which, you know. And, uh, I, and once again, we bang on the drum, check your local theater listings. Uh, and Beacon is, uh, is doing rentals now. Fuck. So yeah, cool. dude. Can rent out like a birthday party situation. Watch. Uh, I don't know, sallow with your friends. I I probably would. <laughs> you know, I I I'd, I'd be doing stuff like that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but who haven't we shown sallow to yet? Uh, me. I haven't seen sallow. Uh well, it's not very good. Oh, well. But anyway, let's watch it. <laughs> I suppose that's that. That is, there is no evil. Uh, that also concludes our 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 dual coverage of uh, CIFF. But we are gonna have like a roundup episode after. Where we just talk that about come our... out after this, where we talk about what we saw on our own. Uh, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the other films that me and Brew watched separately. Uh, I mostly pulled the short straw. Apparently, I think on everything else I picked, uh, I think the three that we watched together were the ones that were like definitely were my favorite, and the other ones were eh, okay. Uh, yeah, I've I've watched um, I've watched one uh, that I won't reveal, but I will describe as depressing. Uh, another that I was going to watch sold out, but I saw a bunch of really, really uh, troubling discussion about the content of. And then another I have yet to watch, but I'm very excited for. Also going up tomorrow from when we record this, but in the past from when you listen to this, uh, <laughs> is going to be our next Throws It Back poll. Uh, and the theme is Teenage Girls. So if you want to get access to that and our past Throws It Back episodes... <laughs> That's where we talk I'm about. I'm sorry, but we can't just. I, oh, sorry. Listen. Sorry. Specifically, teen a girl angst movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in the we're in a we're in a very dicey era when it comes to the yeah. phrase teen girls. That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I it, it was inspired specifically by us watching uh, House of Hummingbird this year. So it's, yes, uh, and never, rarely, sometimes, always. So it's it's sort of our our teen girl squad poll. Yeah, it's it's us looking back at like films from like the past two decades that like we think are kind of within the same oeuvre of like films that actually are about teen girls and like give them subjectivity and like humanity. Yeah, yeah, because it turns out those movies can be extremely interesting. I think that's it. Anything else? Oh, join our Discord. We'll have a link to the Discord down below <laughs> join the discord discord's popping off everybody's talking about movies everyone's having fun people uh, people picks. are we were just talking about this movie in there uh and yeah. now people are talking about weird face guys <laughs> <laughs> the the conversation the conversation never strays far from willem defoe uh or robert pattinson for that matter always always uh, circling our minds and our hearts yeah oh our, our patron saints truly um but yeah, thank you so much for joining us here here in Chicago. Uh, the we'll see the you big when we're, Apple, we'll see baby. you when we're back home. Uh, <laughs> when I turn my VPN off and and, yeah. and teleported back to Seattle. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I am, as always, Baru. Uh, and I am, as always, Jaber Hat. Bye. Bye.